Welcome, Imaginators. Sit back, buckle in, and ignite your imagination. This is the Imaginate series, season one, The Man with the Red Umbrella. I'm Joey Massio, the author and creator of Imaginate. If you'd like to support our show, you can do so by please following us on Twitter or on Facebook, or you can leave us a review on iTunes. This episode's featured imagination comes from Abbott from Bonzal, California, who has a fondness for pugs. You know, those cute little dogs with the curly tails. Here is Abbott's amazing imagination. Hello, my name's Abbott, and my imagination is the pug machine. It is a machine that creates pugs, and whenever you tap a button, a pug comes out of it. There is a switch that makes the colors apricot, black, or tan. Thank you. To have your kids' imagination featured on our show, record them telling us about their idea and send it to imaginateseries at gmail.com. Here's a recap of the last episode. In the chase, Nate came face-to-face with the man with the red umbrella who wanted to teleport Nate somewhere, quote, safe and sound. Nate imaginated the deep freezer to escape, and he and the man had a duel as they ran through the woods. The man's umbrella could bounce back the icy blasts from the deep freezer, but Nate was able to outsmart him and escaped with the man's red umbrella. Here is Imaginate, the man with the red umbrella, episode 12, Traitor. arrived at school out of breath and later than he had ever been. He had ditched the deep freezer and the red umbrella in someone's trash can on the side of the curb. It was trash day, so they should get carried off to the dump and disappear at midnight without anyone finding them. The front office lady looked concerned as he checked in. Nate caught a glimpse of his reflection in the lobby's trophy case. Dirt streaked across his skin and clothes, his jeans were torn at both knees, and dead grass speckled his shirt and hair. He ran his hands through his hair to shake it clean, and that's when he noticed the numerous cuts and dried blood on his arms. I, um, I fell off my bike. I'm okay. (laughs) Nate gave her a less than reassuring smile. The look from the front office lady was nothing compared to the looks Nate got when he walked into his class in the middle of Mrs. Witten's English lesson. Kids whispered and giggled as Nate made his way to his seat. He even heard someone say, He must have gotten into a fight with another football. (laughs) This set off a ripple of giggles in the class and a Quiet down. from Mrs. Witten. It wasn't quite as bad as his nightmare, but... It was pretty close. I need to get in solid with the trio or I'm toast. Nate instinctively felt his pocket for his U-phone. Oh no, I didn't make it. And I already imagined the deep freezer. It's okay. It's okay. It's just one day without a phone. That shouldn't matter. I should still be in the group, right? Nope. At lunch, Nate approached the untouchable trio. They sat in their usual spot at the brick wall. There was one change, however. 
The spot Nate usually sat in was occupied by Chris's backpack. This was not a good sign. Hey, guys. The trio tapped away on their phones. Anything cool on Zipster today? Nate was really hoping a video of a kid running into a fence or something had taken Nate's failure off from the top of the zip line. No response from the trio. I broke my phone yesterday playing football. Jamal smirked. Oh, is that what you call that? Playing football? Nate had heard Jamal's right elbow made an appearance in the video, and his manager wasn't too happy about it. Uh, Yeah, sorry about that. I, uh, wasn't feeling too good yesterday. You're not looking too good today. Nate had forgotten all about his dirt-stained shirt and torn jeans, and not torn in the fashionable way. He remembered how cruel the trio was to Bruce and his old clothes. He did not want that kind of assault aimed at him. I'm getting the next U-Phone, the U-Phone 8T. I should have it tomorrow. All three of them looked up. That's impossible. They haven't even officially released the AS to the public yet. Yeah, I was selected as a, te- as a tester. Heather looked skeptical. When I told them the AS broke, they felt bad, so they're, they're sending me the 8T. Overnight delivery. It's just a prototype, but it's going to have some really cool features they're trying out. They said they really value my opinion. When you've spent as much time communicating with each other without ever talking as the trio did, you must develop some kind of telepathic skills or something. They just looked at each other, came to some kind of silent agreement, and went back to their phones. Nate stood there awkwardly. So? Chris's eyes were fixed on his phone. You said the phone is coming tomorrow? Yes. Then come back tomorrow. And with that, the conversation was over. After lunch, Nate ran to his next class and took out his notebook. He scrambled to come up with cool features for the new U-phone. Maybe it can have x-ray vision. No, it needs to be believable. Anti-gravity, that's even less believable. Mind reading, metal detector, x-ray vision. I already said that. By the time he was in his final class of the day, Nate had only developed a rough sketch and a headache. To make it worse, the moment he started feeling like he was making progress, Mr. Anderson, his history teacher, took his notebook. No doodling in class, Mr. Anderson said in his monotone, boring voice. You can get your drawings back after school. Nate wanted to scream. He wanted to flip over his desk. He wanted to grab Mr. Anderson by the shirt and yell, Your voice makes people fall asleep. But he didn't. He sat there in his seat, fuming. This class isn't even important. What, what are we even talking about? Mr. Anderson's voice droned on. It then came to the turning point in the Revolutionary War. War? War? Okay, that's not too boring. But I have work to do. Important work. Captain Benedict Arnold helped win the battle at Saratoga. 
We couldn't have won the war without that victory. Many considered him a war hero. Okay, the guy's a hero. Can I have my notebook back now? He felt underappreciated and underpaid. Him and me both, buddy. One moment you're a lunchtime hero, then bam, everyone abandons you. General Washington had no idea a traitor was among his ranks. Benedict Arnold should catch the traitor. That would show everybody. Prove he's the hero he is. Mr. Anderson blabbed on as Nate's mind went to a secret wartime hideout. The old shack deep in the forest wasn't much but it was the best war room the small group of soldiers had. The flicker of torches hanging on the wall was just enough to see the map that lay over the table. Benedict Arnold stood and addressed the group. You know why you're all here. To catch a traitor. The soldiers shouted a hurrah and pounded their fists on the table. (laughs) And I know exactly who they are. Captain Alex and General Thomas. They're the reason we're in this mess. If it weren't for them, we'd be more appreciated, more honored for the things we've done. When I left this great country of friend America to go make allies with Triotopia, Alex and Thomas turned their backs on me. They must pay. Another hurrah went up from all the men, except for one, a small lieutenant in the back. Excuse me, sir. Sorry to interrupt, but why would you go to Triotopia? They hate friend America. Benedict Arnold narrowed his eyes at the soldier. I was going to change that. I went to make peace with them so they could join us. And when I did, Captain Alex and General Thomas turned their backs on me. The other soldiers agreed by shouting in disgust. But sir, sorry, but didn't you turn your back on them first? The soldiers turned to their captain for a response. Um, soldier, what's your name? Reality, sir. The man stood and saluted. Lieutenant Reality, at your service. Well, I don't know where you got your info from, Lieutenant, but they definitely turned their backs on me first. I had a plan. They tried to ruin it. End of story. Ah, I see. The lieutenant sat down. But thank you for your concern. Now I... The lieutenant stood back up. But your plan has kind of made you a slave to Triotopia. If you leave, the armies of Brucelandia will come and squash you. Especially after you and Triotopia made fun of their grandmama. That was the trio! I didn't even say anything. I don't think that matters. And you're even working overtime to produce a new phone just to stay with them. That's ridiculous. They're really just using you at this point. It's an equally beneficial relationship. We're both winning. That's debatable. You're even lying to them about where the phone comes from. You're not supposed to lie to an ally. The soldiers all looked to Benedict Arnold. How am I losing control of my own daydream? Look, Alex and Thomas, they made me look stupid in front of everyone. They abandoned me. The soldiers all looked to Lieutenant Reality. But, sir, they are friend America. You abandoned them. 
Hey, I'm Benedict Arnold. I won the Battle of Saratoga. I conquered the football field. Without me, friend Merica would be nothing. Nothing! The door opened, and another soldier came rushing in, out of breath. I bring news from headquarters! He handed a sealed letter to Lieutenant Reality. The lieutenant broke the seal and read the letter. It's about the traitor. It says the traitor took silver popularity coins as payment to betray friend Merica. He looked up to Benedict Arnold. Captain, turn out your pockets. Popularity coins? That's not even a thing. Benedict Arnold checked all his pockets. This is silly. I would never sell out to... He pulled a handful of silver coins from his coat pocket. What? The soldiers in the room slowly stood and reached for their swords. Benedict Arnold backed away from the table. Men, guys, this... this isn't what it means. I... Get him! Before the soldiers could move, Benedict Arnold grabbed a torch off the wall and threw it onto the table. The soldiers shielded their eyes from the spray of embers. The map on the table went up in flames. Benedict Arnold drew his sword and fended off two soldiers at once. He pushed them back and leapt through the window and into the night. He sprinted through the trees, trying to put as much distance between him and the flaming shack. He thought he was making a clean escape when the sound of fast footsteps caught him by surprise. Lieutenant Reality smashed into him at full speed from the side. They rolled onto the ground, wrestling to get the upper hand on each other. Tumbling through the brush, Reality managed to land on top. Arnold tried to use any limb he could get free to fight him off. Sir, stop fighting it! The lieutenant spoke over the kerfuffle. Where are you going to run to? Where are you going to go? Triotopia doesn't want you, and friend America won't take you back. You have nowhere to go. Benedict Arnold stopped resisting. Out of breath and defeated, he lay there pinned to the ground. His lieutenant was right. The students all filed out of Mr. Anderson's class. On their way out, they left their day's assignment on his desk. As Mr. Anderson graded them, he noticed Nate only wrote one line. He was acting odd on his way out. He didn't even pick up his notebook he's always doodling in. Their assignment was to answer the question, What did you learn today? Nate had written, Sometimes a traitor doesn't know they're a traitor until it's too late. Voices for this episode were provided by the dutiful Bobby Massio and Michael Rosenbaum. Imaginate theme music by the illustrious Jeffrey Larson. Until next time, Imaginators. And remember, a small step in the right direction is better than a giant leap in the wrong one. (laughs) 